You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And finally, spoiler alert. No matter when this film was released, there's a good possibility I will be revealing spoilers about the plot or even possibly the ending. So just be warned. Black Adam, which came out in 2022. It was directed by Hame Colette Serra. It stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Aldous Hodge, Pierce Brosnan, Sarah Shahi, Bodhi Sabongi, Quintessa Swindell, Noah Centino, Marwan Kanzari, and Viola Davis. The genre would be superhero action epic. Before a world of heroes and villains, one power ruled it all. Black Adam. He's been asleep for 5,000 years. Black Adam. We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender. I'm not peaceful. Nor do I surrender. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born out of rage. You have two choices. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. Black Adam. Ready PG-13. Only Peters October 21st. Dwayne Johnson is a movie star for sure. He is charismatic, he commands the screen, and he's convincing when overpowering others. And from his history with the WWE, it's quite obvious just how much of a natural showman he is. The comparisons to peak era Arnold Schwarzenegger have always been there, and for good reasons. Both of them parlayed success as unconventional athletes with unusual looks about them into successful careers in movies. Your cold blood is bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Generally genre movies which play into their strengths. However, whereas Arnie rose to stardom during a time, the 1980s, when mainstream audiences were constantly craving R-rated, no-holds-barred action with outsized figures to carry out said action, I mean, his likely star-making moment was shooting up a police station as a Terminator in The Terminator. Well, Mr. Johnson, Dwayne Johnson, became a star during a time where there was more sanitized IP dominating films, like Marvel or Fast and Furious. Dad, what's going on? Daddy's gotta go to work. And therein lies the rub, for not only The Rock, but for this latest installment of the DC Universe, which stars him in the titular role of an anti-hero who was created by wizards during ancient times. If this same film was released 25 years ago with a sizable budget, it likely would have been R-rated and much bloodier. And it would have been a much better vehicle for The Rock as a result. Now, there is fun over-the-top action where we often see panoramic shots of evil henchmen unloading massive amounts of artillery on him to no avail, including one shot where he actually catches a Stinger missile that's launched at him. Behind you! Did he just catch a rocket? He got a rocket. That's the good stuff. But then there's just as much amorphous superhero action featuring scores of CGI figures flittering around the screen. 
All the while we think that this latest punch landed by Adam on a superhero rival, let's say Hawkman played by Aldous Hodge, in one of the meteor performances, well, it just might be the kind of blow that incapacitates said rival under a pile of CGI rubble for just a few minutes. Well, that's the action that's... meh. That's the kind of meh stuff that we see all the time nowadays in movies like this. And sorry, but there's just too much meh in this film to help it stand out too much. What has the potential to be a badass Terminator 2-like epic of a sort of killing machine finding his humanity is just undercut by no shortage of attempts to duplicate beats and or settings from other superhero movies. It feels like there's stuff here lifted from X-Men, Black Panther, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Aquaman, etc. I mean, at their cores, most superhero origin stories never feel particularly original, regardless. But the way this film is structured just calls more attention to it. I mean, you have all of the obvious tropes. The plucky kid sidekick riding a skateboard. The wise older mentor whose loss helps kick off the third act. The overweight comic relief character who's clumsy whenever the screenplay needs him to be. And of course, villainous drone-like creatures overrunning things in the third act just to serve as cannon fodder for our good guys to keep the human body count more reasonable to preserve that PG-13 rating. This screenplay from multiple writers, it just takes such a kitchen sink approach towards throwing everything in there, including a convenient third act villain who's barely developed, that it makes Black Adam feel even less like a Dwayne Johnson star vehicle than you would expect. Oh yeah, in case you hadn't already heard, this movie also serves as a backdoor pilot for the Justice Society, led by Hawkman. Fade and I'll take the lead. Listen, you two hang back till we call you. We're the anvil, you're the hammer, you're ready. Uh, you just dropped the um. Be prepared. Which is not to say that all these elements are poorly executed or are played by less capable actors, because they're not for the most part. I kind of liked the kid played by Bodhi Sabongyi, and I even more so liked the mentor, who is of course Dr. Fate, played by the irreplaceable Pierce Brosnan. He just always brings charm and gravitas to characters like this. My vision has shown me the world in flames. The battle you're meant to fight is upon us. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. Here we go. And the Cairo-like setting is also pretty cool, too. In this case, almost all of the story takes place in the fictional Middle Eastern city of Kandak, which has a fun, lived-in vertical feel to it, thanks to production designer Tom Meyer. Speaking of which, on a technical level, this film generally looks quite good, including the CGI and green screen, even though there is often an excess of it. The rendering of the flying effects also look unusually good for this genre, and there's at least one shot that kind of blew me away, which is how convincing it was. Black Adam floating up there next to a massive concrete statue of his ancient self in the middle of Kondok. Yeah, it's a hero shot for sure, and it really nails something that is often hard to come by in the superhero genre. A sense of scale. And that brings us to the categories. The first category would be the best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film, because music is essential to film. And wow, I love the score from Lorne Balf, including a rousing theme for Black Adam, which kind of reminds me of Queen's theme for Flash Gordon. Yeah, but just a little bit less bombastic. 
It's basically a fast-paced march driven by strings, guitar, and cheesy vocals. We hear it during a few key action sequences, and of course in its full glory during the initial closing credits. I have just been playing this again and again since seeing the movie. It's basically called Black Adam's Theme. Just fun, fist-pumping music, which might be the catchiest hero theme since Wonder Woman's battle cry music was first introduced to us more than six years ago. Definitely one of this film's highlights. The next category would be the trailer moment. This is the scener moment that best describes this movie. Johnson himself, he's pretty good. Of course, he looks great with the action stuff, and he has always had that uncanny ability to look properly bemused when a clearly inferior being tries to take him down. We see that half-smirk in effect a few times throughout the movie. But most notably, when early on in the movie, a goon makes the mistake of going for Black Adam's head with a tire iron which of course is comically, but convincingly, bent along the outlines of his head. It's a funny moment, but then what follows is even better. We then see a long shot of this same goon being thrown up in the air, quite a long distance, I believe into the nearby ocean. This particular shot has been featured in much of the marketing, the trailers for this film, and for good reason. It's exactly the sort of absurd image that we come to see superhero movies for. And now, I'm going to combine the last two categories. That would be wasted talent, the most underutilized talent involved with the film, and the MVP, the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. This is a genuine first for this podcast, since I'm apparently combining two particular categories that should be contradicting each other. But in this case, they don't. That's what's so unusual. Now back to Dwayne Johnson's performance. He also pulls off the emotional stuff pretty well, even though he's actually not given much to do. I told you, stop killing people. They look alive to me. Because I saved them. Well, that's why I waited until you were there. I got the information I needed. No one died. I did it your way. He does have a point. I know it got lost in all the confusion, but we still have some issues to settle here. There are only heroes and there are villains. You think yourself a hero, but you would let these criminals go free. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. Honestly, I would not be surprised if the amount of dialogue he actually has here is dwarfed by at least a half dozen other characters. Beyond that, I doubt he even gets the most screen time, in a film called Black Adam, no less. And that brings me back to one of my main gripes with this film. After being raised for more than a generation on vehicles focusing on Arnold, like Commando, one of my favorite movies, or Sly Stallone with Cobra. This is where the law stops. And I start. 
and even more recently, harder-edged comic book actioners like Dredd or Logan. This film just feels like it's building towards a no-holds-barred, berserker-rage, burly brawl where we just watch Adam unleashed on a surrounding gang of bad guys. There is a sequence kind of along those lines early on in the movie when he is first released from his tomb, where he takes down several machine-gun-wielding mercs. But that sequence never really focuses on him, and it keeps cutting to other side characters. Bloody or not, we have seen this type of sequence even pulled off well in PG-13 movies. Good examples include that bone-crunching warehouse sequence with Batman in BVS, or our introduction to the Iron Man in the Iron Man suit in the movie Iron Man. My turn. But here it just feels not only sanitized, but stretched thin, because we also have to keep cutting to the Justice Society folks who are gearing up. What we basically have here is an action blockbuster designed to be a balls-out vehicle for its larger-than-life star, which keeps taking us away from that star. Soaking in the presence of The Rock is both the highlight of this film while also illustrating its biggest shortcoming. And for that reason, Dwayne Johnson meets the criteria for both Wasted Talent and MVP. My rating for Black Adam is two and a half stars out of five. Yeah, this was a tough one to rate, as I certainly enjoy chunks of this film, but it just slightly misses the mark overall. And even though I consider myself to be more of a fan of DC properties adapted to film, and the films just often have more distinctive flavors to them, well, that's just not the case here, as this film is more generic. And it pains me to acknowledge this, but this is likely one of their weaker recent films. It's certainly in the bottom half, and probably the weakest DC film since 2017's Suicide Squad. Which is a film I don't hate, and I don't hate this one either, just neither of them happened across the finish line. And if you're looking to watch Black Adam, it's currently playing in theaters. And that ends another mighty review. Look it up, trust me. Special shout out to my lovely wife, Marlene Gershon, for producing this podcast, and to my lovely daughter, Ella Gershon, for assisting in the editing. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.